Welcome to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you'd like to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get more inspiring stories to empower you, Your Creative Chord Podcast is the place to be. Please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. I am excited to welcome an amazing, powerful, and positive woman entrepreneur to the show today. My guest, Linus Woods Mullins, is a certified holistic living and wellness expert and certified life coach for women over 40. She's the founder of Praise Works Health and Wellness, a mind-body-spirit wellness company that specializes in educating women 40 and over on wellness. And for 10 years, Linus has educated and empowered women over 40 on mind-body-spirit wellness through her coaching programs, ebooks, DVDs, radio programs, webinars, her digital magazine, podcast programs, webcast series, and wellness retreats. She's a powerhouse of potently positive content and helpful strategies for women beyond 40. She provides education on holistic practices, fitness, nutrition, and spiritual renewal. Linus is the creator behind the Wellness Woman 40 and Beyond and VIBE Living Brands. She's got more than 50 years experience in dance, is certified in yoga and Pilates, is a published author including Power Up Superwomen, which she co-authored. Linus packs a major punch for women's empowerment as she teaches and coaches women on how to lose weight during midlife, reduce hot flashes, manage cortisol and other menopausal symptoms, and how to increase your focus, clarity, and energy, and all that goes into aging gracefully. Linus is currently sponsoring a trip to Costa Rica in late April of 2020 and is rolling out two new online programs on wellness for women over 40. Tapping Your Way to Wellness is her midlife wellness program that focuses on dropping unwanted inches and pounds through yoga, walking, meal planning, and the art of tapping. Her Emergence of the Total Woman is a personal development program that focuses on removing the blocks that keep you from living a life that you love. Linus launched her latest podcast called Vibe Living, or V-I-B-E Living, on February 25th, 2020. And the link for that and everywhere else you can find Linus Woods Mullins, my guest today, are in the show notes below. If you couldn't already tell from this impressive array of accomplishments, Linus is passionate about encouraging women over 40 to be empowered to move forward with optimism as they age. She said, quote, It is never too late to make a lifestyle change, go after your dreams, and to increase the joy in your life, end quote. She lives in California with her husband, Michael, and has four adult daughters and three grandchildren. I'm looking forward to our conversation. So let's jump in. Welcome, Linus Woods Mullins, to your Creative Chord podcast. Wow. Thank you so much for <laughs> such a, a wonderful uh, introduction. Who is that woman? <laughs> <laughs> when you're doing the work, you're not thinking about it uh, as such. And I very rarely, uh, you know, take a sum total and say, oh, wow, I'm always thinking about the next thing, either staying present with an eye towards, okay, what am I going to do next? Right, right. And it is amazing when you look back, when especially when you consider when I first started, I didn't know a Sam Hill nothing <laughs> about the internet That's or amazing. wellness or social media. Nothing, nothing. 
nothing, nothing. It's amazing. I learned it all, you know, over time. Uh, and, and initially it was because of something that I needed for me. And it grew into something else that I felt that, you know, right. all of us as women need for us, for each right. other. So uh, thank you so much for reminding me some of the stuff that, that, yeah. that I've done. <laughs> it's a mountain of accomplishments. Uh, it's very impressive. And I see you online in various uh, different platforms. And I, uh, everywhere I look, you are there doing something. And it blows me away how much energy you have. And I know that you've been educating and coaching women over 40 on ways to be well in mind, body, and spirit using holistic practices and fitness and spiritual renewal. And you've been doing that for 10 years. And I know you wound up fulfilling this empowerment-based mission through your own personal trauma and tragedy that caused an anxiety disorder. Tell us about yes. how that motivated you to leave your well-paid corporate job in human resources to start your business wellness for women over 40. Well, it, it, you know, it is, um, it could be considered uh, a tell or a cautionary tell, depending on how you look at it. When I look back at it now in terms of how I just jumped into this, I probably would have done it a little bit differently, but I had no benchmark. Back in uh, 2008, 2009, there weren't a lot of online businesses. The dot-coms, which I didn't even really know what those were exactly, right. were failing miserably. Right. And uh, the economy was dead in the water. And then here I am going to try to do whatever it is I'm doing uh, in the middle of a you know crazy time and climate but sometimes like that ignorance, yes and ignorance is bliss you know sometimes <laughs> yeah. um yeah not knowing is a good thing you know yeah. you don't know what you don't know right. but what happened with me was um i was in um corporate america and worked my way up through the ranks of human resources and did very well for 25 years mm. and um maybe about uh 20 years into uh my climbing corporate america my mother um, was uh, killed in an auto accident. Oh, tragically. I'm so sorry. I, I did oh, not thank know that. you. Yeah. Yes, and the way I found out about it uh, really put me in the space of always wanting to control the outcome. Mm -hmm. I never wanted any more surprises, mm -hmm. and therein began my descent into anxiety hell. Goodness, because there's no way in the world that you can try to control your friends, your Right. Your uh, family, your people you work with, your neighbors, your girl, all of that. You cannot control all of that Correct. and right. not get a little bit anxious, you know, mm -hmm. not begin starting to have anxiety. And so by the time I got to uh, maybe 20 years um, after having after my mom had passed, I, I finally had an epiphany. And I realized that my anxiety disorder was caused by that trauma initially. Yeah. And I needed to do mm -hmm. something. And the epiphany came with one of those things of waking up one morning and not being able to go to work because I couldn't stop crying and I didn't oh, know why I was crying. Yeah. My family made me go and see a doctor Good. and after talking to some therapists and, you know, his staff, it was decided that I was exhausted and I needed rest. So I did. I, I went to a respite. And this respite was interesting. It was a place where people would go to transition into regular life after having been in a psych hospital. So that was wow. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, I know I got something going on, but at least I'm not coming from a psych hospital. The whole right. idea is to prevent me from going to the psych hospital. Wow. But I had plenty of time to think and evaluate. And I realized that I wasn't happy. Mm. Even though I had the makings of the so-called American dream, right. something was missing. Right. And so that's when I decided that I wanted to take some more time off 
So I did. I went on sabbatical because I was in the healthcare industry. So I went on sabbatical for eight months and decided, what am I going to do when I grow up? <laughs> and was through all of my, you know, researching how to deal with my whole uh, anxiety in a natural way, rather than having to take pharmaceuticals, right. which I did take for about four months. And I didn't like the way they made me feel. Mm. And by doing the research, that's when I found out about this whole wellness thing and wow. mind, body, spirit, and addressing the needs of your mind, your body, and spirit is essential to your health and overall wellness. And the whole idea of what wellness meant is so much more than just eating the right thing. It's a way of being. It's a way of living. Right. And the more I found out about it, the more I realized that I wanted to do something to help women uh, so that they wouldn't end up the way I was. And because of my um, large background in dance, I initially thought that I would open up a dance studio and teach women over 40 uh, dance and have other instructors there, too, that, you know, can work with women over 40. And so I started, you know, right away. I rented some space and had some classes. And I quickly found out that women needed so much more than just dance. I mean, dance is definitely a criteria. It takes care of that body part of the mind, body, spirit, and maybe even the spirit part, somewhat the mind. But I had women there that were suffering from obesity, Mm -hmm. a couple, one knee surgery, another person Mm -hmm. who um, had breast cancer. She's a breast cancer survivor, somebody else who was dealing with the emptiness syndrome and fighting depression. Another person was going through a divorce. Another one um, that had chronic disease, diabetes, a high blood pressure was, I mean, they all had something. Now to look at them, you may not be able to guess what their something was. Mm -hmm. But I always say it's not so much about what you look like. It's about what your health is like. And the more I looked at them, the more I realized that I need to do something more than just dance. And so that's when I really got into the world of wellness and um, got, you you know, my certification in holistic living and life coaching and all that and began to build Uh, my mission statement, um, and my goal for women, which was basically to educate women on how to be well in their mind, body, and spirit through holistic practices, fitness, uh, nutrition, and spiritual renewal. And I knew that I may not be the expert in all of this, but I would be the expert of where to find that information, the conduit. You know, maybe other people would be speaking on my behalf, you know, with the people I would interview. I did like almost a thousand interviews on my wellness journey podcast before I retired (laughs) it eight months ago. And um, those experts, they not only educated my audience, they educated me as well. Right. My certification programs were great, but there's nothing like getting a chance to speak to the experts. And the more I learned, the more ideas I uh, began to get in terms of crafting programs for women over 40. And it was an interesting caveat because 10 years ago, women over 40 were not as um, astute uh, in terms of buying online, doing things online. Right. So right. now the people that started with me over 50, over 40 who are now over 50, they're much more astute. But there's a whole new cadre of um the, you know, just under 40 or turning 40, they're now following me and, and purchasing my products um, that That's get it. And yeah. so, yeah, so I had a, like five years of, oh my gosh, I, I you know, I, this is my last can of beans kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, but I have to say that if it was not for the support of my, um, my husband, my, my family and my, my dear friends, I don't know how I would have made it, but I'm glad that I persevered wow. because I really do think that I'm operating 
in my gifting. Yeah. I'm pursuing the passion that God has placed upon my heart. And while it's been a real interesting journey, I wouldn't change it, not for one second. No, and, and I can see, and I have just recently become acquainted with some of your content and offerings. And I will say that just, it's incredibly helpful and incredibly positive and the world needs that. And I think partly the reason, just from knowing what I've seen of your offerings and the way that you uh, carry yourself through your you know, online business, you're succeeding because you have tremendous gumption <laughs> and you, you're very, you, you just don't take, you don't even think about no, you just go and do, you just go and you're, you're very ambitious. It's very obvious from all the accomplishments that you've you know, been able to achieve. And I, I wondered about, um, you mentioned to me that you have mentors, including Susan Taylor, Dr. Janetta B. Coleman, and your mother. And I wonder, um, how do you feel you benefited from these mentors and, and how you incorporate some of that into what you're doing now? Well, you know, uh, Susan Taylor, uh, first of all, she was the editor of, in chief of Essence Magazine. Wow. And back in the day, in the late 70s, early 80s, wow. Um, yeah. She was a powerhouse and still is. She is now, I think, in her 70s. And I admire her greatly because she has such a calm persona and she's so wise. And when she looks at you, she really looks into you. That's what it feels like. Mm -hmm. And she just radiates love and compassion and empathy. Mm. And she um, really has been pouring into African-American women, which, uh, mm -hmm. which I am. I yes. Your listeners can see a picture of me, but I'm African-American. <laughs> and being poured into like that uh, when you have so many detractors in the society right. for so many different reasons um, is so valuable and so important. And I'm not a big... Um, Gush Gush celebrity person or anything like that. But Susan Taylor, I just turn into mush. Whenever I see her, <laughs> uh, she is just, I just, I, if I were to think of anyone I would want to be like in another life, mm -hmm. you know, or even in this life, it would be her because she's a Renaissance woman. She's so gracious and she's so, she has such compassion. She must be an empath because yeah. when you meet her, it feels like all of a sudden there's no one, no one else in the room but you and she. And there's like a line of people waiting for her to sign one of her books or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons. I just admire how she how she makes people feel special. That's a force for empowerment in itself to be to feel like someone's really listening to you and seeing you. That's a huge gift to take from from that example. What a what a great role model she is. Wow. Yes, I, I can tell you the first time I met her, well, this is the second time, the first time I met her, I was working for one of the, my corporate companies, and I used to travel a lot in my job, a lot, which is one of the reasons why I had anxiety, too, because I still have four little ones at home. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, I would travel probably about 50% of the time all over the country because I was in charge of recruitment for a very large insurance mm -hmm. company. And on one of these trips, I was in Atlanta. And I was at um, the Black NBA convention, and she was there at doing book signing. Nice. And I happened to, and I went and bought the book and stood in line because this was my chance yes. to meet uh, Susan Taylor, who I had been admiring right. for 20 years. Right. Right. So I finally get there, and um, 
she looks at me and she says, so did you just get your MBA? And I said, no, I'm here representing my company who is recruiting MBA graduates. And she says, oh, what do you do? So I told her. And she said, and where are you from? So I told her. And she said, do you have, do you have children? And when I told her I have four children, she said, you have four children? How old are you? And I, at that time, <laughs> I think I was like about 35, you know. Wow, she yeah. said, God, you look so young. And we're just talking. And you and- still do, I have to say. <laughs> you still do oh, look very young. Oh, thank you. And she's just pouring. She's, as she's talking to me, she's just locked in. Wow. And she said, what are your children's names? And so I said, you know, Imani, Asia, Safia, Isis, Safia, and Celine. Mm. And she said, oh, my God, what beautiful names. What do they mean? I'm you know, just standing in line. And she's just like zeroing in on me. And so she signed it. And, and she put it in, the, in, in their signature to an amazing mm-hmm. woman that, that has so inspired me that it's never too late to pursue your dreams and passions. Because I told her that at some point I wanted to you know, go back to dance or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like almost 20 years later that I, you know, went out and created um, my own little niche in the world. You're listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you love this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash Get inspired here. That's your creative chord, C H O R D, your creative chord.com forward slash get inspired here. No spaces in between anything. And if you join my mail list, you will be the first to know of new content. Plus, you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your goals. Whether you're a creator or looking to explore your creative side, this checklist will help you prioritize and focus for results. That's yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Back to the interview. Next time I met her was about maybe 15 or 16 months after I had started my company. And I had been asked to dance at a um, convention. And um, so... I was dancing. I didn't know she was going to be there. Afterwards, uh, her people came and got me because they said that Susan wanted to meet the praise dancer. Aww. And so I said, okay. I didn't even know Susan. They didn't say Susan Taylor. When uh-huh. I walked in there and it was Susan Taylor, t- tears just started coming <laughs> down my face. I know everybody's like, oh, please let us get a grip. But it was just so such an epiphany because here it is so many years later. And now I'm operating in my gifting, beginning my company. So she grabs my hands and I said, you probably don't remember me. I met you. She says, yes, I, you're the lady who travels with the four, with the four children. Oh my gosh. What a great memory. I know. And she said, I I bet you're, you're probably not, you're not doing what you were doing before, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. This is the beginning of the starting of my company. I praise dance, and then afterwards I speak to crowds of women who are over 40 about how it's never too late to get in shape, to pursue your passion, to be good to you, and to enter into self-care, self-love, blah, blah, blah. And she says, oh, my God, I knew you were going to do something amazing. And you know, we're standing in the middle of this room. It was a private reception area where the VIPs would come to meet her. And she's holding my hands, and my husband, he got it on video. He's, oh. he's taken it in a circle. And so, you know, it was just amazing. What a treasure that is. Wow. It was a treasure. And everybody was like, how does Lennis know Susan Taylor? (laughs) (laughs) So that, you know, and and just that thing was something that I locked away in my brain that if I ever came even just a tad bit close to the um, celebrity and achievements that Susan Taylor has, that I will always take 
the time to, you know, to pour into someone personally, Mm, because mm, there's mm. no better or more meaningful exchange. um, Yeah. Exchange. No, there's none. And I haven't seen her since that time, but the last interaction was really amazing. Again, I was watching something cultural. It was, um, uh, they were commemorating the 400th year that the first slave uh, first stepped into Jamestown, and wow. they were uh, they were having a um, an event commemorating that. And I was watching it on C-SPAN, and they were panning the crowd, and they happened to fall on Susan Taylor, oh. and she was you know looking at her phone, and I said, oh wow, Susan Taylor, and instant tears. Oh my gosh, she looks great in that. <laughs> and so I said, you know what? I'm going to send her a tweet and just let her know that she and her husband look great. It's just so oh. wonderful to see them. So I sent her a tweet. Wow. And I'm still listening. They pan the crowd again. And I said, she's still looking at her phone. I wonder if she's answering me. And then all of a sudden, I got a ding, ding. Oh, my gosh. And it was gosh. Susan Taylor. That's amazing, amazing. <laughs> she said, she said, Linus, how are you? What are you doing? Get, give me your website. I want to know everything that's going oh on. Oh, my gosh. So going back and forth on tweet while she's at the C-SPAN event. I mean, it was just amazing just awesome that is surreal yes it is makes me wonder if she is that attentive to every person or if there was something about you that was you know I, your I energy that's a big I, very I know, special connection know. yeah she's she's answered my emails before and i try not to you know overdo it but right, right, i do right. consider her a mentor i do because i because of all her writings uh because of the way that she has lived her life and the way she pours into others and the role model that she is yeah. i i just i just love her dr Jeanetta b coleman was the first female first african-american female president at um spelman college where i attended what college sorry spelman college uh uh-huh. Spelman College is a um, African American university for all women. It's been around oh, for wow. like I think now about 125 years. My mother went there. Uh, my oh, sister wow. went there. Wow. My cousins went there. We have a family legacy, That's and it's right beautiful. across the street. Wow. Yes, it is. And it's right across the street from Morehouse College. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Is the school that my dad went to. That's where he met my mom at Spelman. But also my dad went to school with Martin Luther King. So there's a whole trajectory of history associated with Morehouse. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so when I was at school and um, the presidency was available at the school and they were doing a uh, headhunting thing and they had come up with some candidates. And at that time, I was a freshman and I was um, in student government. I can't remember what my position was, but I was in student government. And we were having um, one of those student government associations, an SGA meeting with all the, the you know student leaders mm-hmm. representing all the different mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. And we were just appalled that we had been in existence for 100 years. And they were saying that there were no female females out there that were qualified to be presidents, to, to even be a candidate. They weren't going to interview any females. So to be, to be president was, of, of Spelman College? Of Spelman. Huh. Right, right. They, 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 they say that they couldn't find any. So what we decided right. to do is <laughs> to suspicious. make a point. <laughs> yeah, so when the um, board of directors were, were meeting um, in the student government build, or student government, uh, we call it the student union kind of mm-hmm. place or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a group of the student leaders, including me, decided to tie them in to the boardroom until they came up with a female name for president. You decided to what? To tie them in? What? 
Yeah, we had a, we had a lie-in. Everybody, all the students lied in uh, outside of the room where they were tied up. They couldn't get out. I we love opened it. up the ceiling. Oh my we put God. in buckets for water and buckets for, you know, bodily functions. And we were just determined we weren't going to do that. And it made, it made it on Walter Cronkite, believe it or not. I love that. My parents are watching Walter Cronkite, you know, for those of you who are too young to remember, Walter Cronkite used to be on the evening news, you know. My parents are watching this, and all of a sudden, they're looking at a picture that looks like me uh, <laughs> and some other people, and we're, like, peering through the keyhole, and they're like, is that Venice? And then the Sacramento Bee carried the, which was the local paper in Sacramento, and several other, I guess, Associated Press pick, picked it up, and it was a picture of me and some other students peering through the keyholes, and they're saying this is the first time that African-American women have come together in protest for something they believed in. And um, it was just a big deal. That is well, amazing. what happened was they did not hire an African-American woman. They hired this other guy who mm. worked for the Ford Foundation and knew how to raise money. Uh-huh. But after I graduated, while my sister was still there, the next one they brought on was Jeanette, uh, Dr. Janetta B. Cole. Oh. And uh, it's not woman, actually. It's Dr. Janetta B. Cole. And she is fabulous. And the reason why she was so fabulous is that she was such a fierce role model for all those women that went there. And, you know, being the presidency of a liberal arts college and a small college, even though it's very well respected educationally, it's still a smaller college. And raising funds is a daunting task and usually one that um, is given to males for whatever reason, because the people they're talking to are males that have the Mm -hmm, money. mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Coleman raised more money for Spelman College than any other president since. And so far, right now today, even though she's retired and they have another president. That's how awesome she was. That's amazing. Yes. And she was such a vindication because they were telling us there weren't any women that could do at that time when the presidency was open when I was there, that there just weren't any other women that could do that. And then here she was. Yeah. I'm sure not only was she... She was there, but I'm sure that, I mean, I feel that was an inaccurate statement. There are plenty of women that could have done that. It's a, it's a, being allowed that opportunity is a whole nother thing. I always say, you know, seek and ye shall find. Yes. Guaranteed you're not going to find it if you don't look. <laughs> right, right, I don't right. Think they, I don't think they wanted that. I think they thought that a man was what they needed to raise the funds. And she just blew that. She blew that five years later. She blew that out out of water. Yes, she did. Wonder how she was able to raise so much money. Do you know how what her strategy was? And she came from, if I remember, an Ivy League school, mm-hmm. so she had the connections. Oh, okay, that's amazing. And in Spelman, itself. Yeah. yeah, Spelman had an excellent reputation. They're just they're kind of like some people compare Spelman to um, the Blacksmith College or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's um, incredible. But um, uh, she had those connections. Mm. And she's also an astute communicator. Mm. And it's just hard to say no to Dr. Cole. It's really hard to say no to her. (laughs) And so I I admire her strength and her uh, veracity and her uh, confidence. Mm. And the last person, my mom. Right. My mom was a graduate from Spelman College. And uh, she, just like my dad, they were both from Georgia. And... um, when she graduated from uh, college, she went back home to live with her mom and started teaching school, which is back then, you know, 54, 53. That's what you did. You went, If you were a black woman, you went to college and usually you taught school. That's what you did. Right, right. And so she went back home to teach school. 
My dad, in the meantime, graduated from Morehouse and was one of the first blacks, uh, black men to be accepted to the Air Force Academy as wow. a cadet, wow. as an officer. He went to officer school. Unbelievable. And when wow. he finishes officer school, he's going to be tra- uh, stationed in uh, Travis Air Force Base in California. Before he left to be stationed at Travis Air Force Base, he goes home and goes to my mom's hometown. And he asked her to marry him. Mm-hmm. They got married, got in the car, used that green book, and drove across country to California. And that's how I ended up here. Yes, how I ended up here. And my mom was amazing because she was gone from all her of her support system, her mom, who she's very uh, um, close to and didn't really know anyone out here. But she built a life and became very successful as an administrator uh, for the uh, school district out here. And uh, she was a renaissance woman. Back then, you know, you had to learn to do a little bit of everything. My mom could sew. She played the piano. She sung beautifully. She was a great cook. She was a good decorator. She was extremely smart. And she was super duper beautiful. She really was. I I didn't know until she passed how many guys my age like my mom. I had no idea. I thought they were coming to see me. They blew that out of the water. Your mom went from teaching all the way to being an administrator in a school district. That's a whole entire section of, you know, skill and qualifications that she had. She was she was a powerhouse in her in her own right. Yes, yes, she she really was. And had she, um, you know, come along in my generation, I I'm, I have no doubt that she uh, would have been in corporate America, raising through the ranks. But back then, in the fifties or sixties, that just wasn't happening on a regular basis for Black right, women. Right. Uh, but she, um, there were three of us. She had three daughters. And uh, she instilled in us so much. And I remember some of the sacrifices she made. And I didn't even think about it as sacrifices as such because you're just kids. You don't think about those kinds of things. My parents never discussed money with me or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. You know, all I know is that if there was something that needed to get done, it got done. Right. But one of the things that I will be forever grateful to my father and my mom, uh, but especially my mom, I had gotten to a level in uh, my ballet classes that I was taking ballet five to six times a week. And usually my classes would start at around four o'clock, right after mm-hmm. school. And my mm-hmm. mom was a teacher as well. And she would get off of work at around two thirty, go home, prepare my snack, pick me up from school and take me cross town to my dance class. Wow, and usually wow. she would, from, I would have to change in the car because I would be so you running be into the class right. starting just in time. Right. And she did that for years and years and years and years. From the time I was about, I think my first company that I was in, I was 13. So prior to that, she was doing it from the time the age six to 13. And then we got into the rehearsals and all that. So from 13 to 18, she was probably glad when I went away to college so she could get a break. (laughs) You know, I was just going to say, we really owe such a debt of gratitude to our mothers and all that they've done for us and, 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 and ancestors, you know, just in general, all the things that women who came before us have done so that we could be who we are and do what we need to do in the world. And so you've had some incredible, powerful women as role models. And it it makes total sense to me that you have accomplished and are accomplishing as much as you are, because you have, to me, you seem to embody the spirit of those people just through your energy and your activity and your, your ambition. Thanks for listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help me by leaving a review on iTunes or share this link with your social media. You can also forward the link to this podcast by email to your friends. Thanks for helping spread the word so your Creative Chord podcast can continue bringing you inspiring interviews and stories. And if you loved this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. You'll be the first to know of new content, plus you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your creative goals. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. Thanks for listening.